0: Started something, hey Amen. Uh, I've been I've been eating on this thing, uh, and and I believe it will bless you. Uh, and he took us to a certain extent uh, in in the lesson on last week, uh, and today I want to take you a little deeper and a little further and kind of build on the foundation that he's already laid. Uh, I want to um, for context start at verse number seven although our text will come from verse number nine actually verse number six gives you really what this passage is about uh this had to do with uh sharing in good things with the teacher uh Paul was talking to church Galatians about communicating in good things with the one that teaches you uh I don't teach this with any motive whatsoever but contextually he was saying in verse 6, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. So uh, when uh, one has been taught or, or blessed by the word, Paul says, be sure to share in good things, in material things with him that teaches. And then he goes on and says in verse number 7, and do not be deceived. And when it, anytime I read verse 7, y'all, I'm always reminded of the reality of God is just right. His word is right. How many you know God's word is right? When the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will stand, not one jot nor tittle of God's word will ever pass away. If you can't rely on anything else, God's word, Tracy, will come to pass. It will not return void. And that's good news for somebody right there. For somebody in here that's been working the word in your life, Amen. In whatever category you may be working the word as it pertains to being healed of a condition, you may be working the word as it pertains to your husband being sanctified. You may be working the word. Yes. In money, God's word is accurate. And whatever it says, you can take the check to the bank and cash it knowing that God's going to come through. Man, I don't mean to get excited too early, but somebody give God praise off of the mere fact that his promises are yea and amen. So in verse 7, he says, don't be deceived now. God's not mocked. Uh Uh Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Then he goes on and clarifies that there are two types of seeds you can sow. Only two types. He who sows to the flesh. Will of the flesh reap what? Corruption. Kind of funny that uh, folk are mighty shocked and surprised, and I say this with compassion, but they're mighty shocked and surprised when someone lives in sin all their life and ultimately ends up being corrupted uh, by sickness, by disease, or worse, by death. Amen. You can't drink uh, sowing alcohol (laughs) to your flesh all your life, and expect your liver, amen, to function appropriately later in life, amen, he who sows to the flesh will reap corruption, well that's true in natural things, but if you sow to the flesh, and and, you know, watch Empire, and watch all kinds of other foolish TV, and uh, we know the Bible says evil communication corrupts good manner, you know, you should not be concerned when your flesh has a certain itch. That cannot be scratched. You have sown to the flesh. You know, brothers, if you're gonna sit and look at every hourglass figure that walks by you and gawk and groan and moan, you know, you, you ought not be so thrown off. Amen. When uh it becomes difficult to be committed to one woman. Well, you have sown to the flesh. Are you in here, church? We're gonna get to the good stuff, but you have sown to the flesh. And as a result, you will reap corruption. The wages of sin is still death. Yeah, it ends up in disaster. Sowing to the flesh never comes out on top. But I like the second part. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. The first element you ever sowed into your spirit, you ready for this, was Jesus. Salvation. Salvation. You sowed into your spirit when you invited Jesus into your soil. He became your renewed man. You got the Holy Ghost. You got the power of God. You sowed to the spirit. And as a result, you now have access to everlasting life. You'll never die, church. Amen. You close your eyes in the flesh. No problem. They opened up in the spirit seeing Jesus face to face because one day you answered an altar call and you sold to the spirit and you let jesus in and it changed our life forever well there are other ways you sold to the spirit i just gave you one you get filled with the holy ghost and you're in tongues And uh, Jude 20 says, building yourself up in your most holy faith, you are sowing to your spirit. I told my prayer team today, uh, my sweet wife took care of the children for us yesterday, so awesome, and all that she does. And I stayed home for hours, am I not right, dear? Woke up early in the morning, got up in the upper room, and just stayed with God all day on Saturday praying in the Holy Ghost, reading scripture to scripture, listening to message in 30 or hour segments of good faith teachers and just begin to build myself up. Well, I'm going to see the results of Saturday because I have since sowed to the spirit. Amen. So he says he who sows to the spirit will reap life everlasting. I'm going to give you my subject and let us not do what? Grow weary while doing what though? by doing good for in what season season. what season church due season there is a due season in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart I'm going to give you a two-part series I'm going to put Pastor Long's on this and they'll sell it to you in dual dual fashion if you'd like it but today I'm going to talk from the thought and you got to say it just the way I'm saying it because it's an explanation point at the end of these two words. I want to talk from the thought, don't quit. quit. Everybody say, don't quit. Don't quit. quit. And more specifically, I want to talk about how to detect or how to recognize due season. How does a person know? Is that all right? When they're in due season. He told us, don't be weary and well-doing, and I believe one of the reasons why people get weary is because they are not able to recognize due season. One of the reasons things that make you stop standing in line is if you think they're never going to get to you. You, you, you. you don't feel like the line is moving. Are you all in here? I told you that story. We were at a store somewhere one day and uh, man, we had stood in this line, I know, a good 20 minutes Come to find out the line was at a cash register, but there was no human being at the cash register. It was at the movies. Remember that? And all the other cash registers, people going in, getting their popcorn, running in the movie. And if you know anything about Pastor Gabe, the previews are like praise and worship for me. I don't believe in missing previews to a movie. Now, that aggravates me. My wife knows that. I don't even want to go to the movies if we're going after the previews. I don't believe in that. I don't want to get any popcorn. I don't want to go to the restroom. I'll just hold it until the movie is over because I want to see the previews because that's the warm-up. I want to see the curtains move back and the lights go down. Let me know it's time for our feature presentation. Don't make me miss the previews. That's critical to me. Amen. You got to be Stephanie Rogers to be married to Gabe. I'm just telling you. Trust me in that. And uh, so, you know, we were standing in line, and I knew I was getting ready to miss some previews, but at the end of the day, it's because that line wasn't open. And as a result, that causes you to give up on the popcorn. Never mind for the butterfingers. And how many awesome things has God had for people, Wendy, that because they felt like the line wasn't moving? They felt like they weren't getting anywhere. They felt like it was futile. It was worthless. Never mind. No sense in going to church. No sense in tithing. No sense in honoring God. No sense in dating my wife. This marriage is not getting better. So no sense in cooking for my husband. No sense in doing anything good. But the Bible says in verse 10, as often as you have opportunity that you ought to do good but especially to those who are, yes, of the household of faith. So he said, do good to all men. Somebody say, keep doing good. Keep doing good, but then don't quit. Well, when you can't detect due season, though, that's what causes people to give up. And I wrote this in my notes, and I want you to write this down. Never limit God to what you see, because harvest time can go undetected at first. Never limit God to what you see, because harvest time can go undetected at first. You were here last week, and it's so awesome because I lived that testimony with Pastor Rondi when they did not get the loan, they did not get this, they did not get that. And uh, I remember uh, him just taking a posture of, well, yeah, we got to take the dishes out of the box, we got to do this, you know, we're not going to be moving now after all. And I'm not doing this to pat myself on the back, but needless to say about a week after uh, that happened to him, I had rested in what he had resolved to do because I'm, you know, you're there to encourage your friends, amen. So you're not trying to overrun what they say they want to do. So you know, when he said, yeah, I said, well, brother, you know, we'll just be in agreement. And when you think it's the time to try it again, we'll just try it. But one fateful day, about six days after that conversation, I got a quickening in my spirit, man. I got a quickening in my spirit, man, that said, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. When God makes you a promise, are you in here? His promises really are Yeah, ain't amen. And God doesn't send His Word and then decide to take it back. So He didn't tell you the way the text really read. I sent him text that said, Nah, bruh. That's how it started. Nah, bruh. I'm telling you right now if that house is still available, God says it's yours, pursue it. There is nothing that the IRS or anybody for that matter can do to stop you from having what God says is yours. No documentation, no lack thereof, nothing, nothing can hinder you from receiving. What God says is yours. He started moving on that word. He got busy on that word. And at the end of my text, I said, I'm in agreement. Amen. And he started moving on that word. He started pursuing God. He and his sweet wife, Regina. And needless to say, within 30 days of that word, you heard his testimony. Get the tape if you weren't here. He landed the plane in that awesome Home. And I mean, when you see his theater room, just like when you go to the movie theaters, you got the pictures up of the feature presentation. and Oh, man, it's kind of cool. You follow me? Because what God sends your way, he really meant for you to have. it. And when God sends something for you to have, don't you ever let the devil tell you not now. Because it is not Satan that determines due season. It is God that determines due season. And when you come in your due season, as long as you are willing to fight the good fight of faith, it's not a devil in hell that can cause you to not receive what God says is yours. Somebody say, don't quit. Don't quit. So as we, carry, as we go on with this lesson and as you begin to try to understand how it is you detect due season, let me lay a foundation first. And I want you to go to Galatians 9 and 11. And I just told you. Never limit God to what you see because harvest time can go undetected. Well, go to Ecclesiastes, and actually I have it right here, Ecclesiastes 9 and 11, and I want you to see a, an important principle of, of getting to due season but also being able to recognize a due season. Ecclesiastes 9 and 11, please. Listen to what the Bible says. I returned and saw under the sun. Now, here it is. Catch this principle. The race is not to the who. Who? The race is not to the who? The race is not to the swift. Now, I just want to lift that swift part out of this. The race is not to the swift. That word swift comes from a Hebrew word, qual, Q-A-L, qual, the swift. What it means is the race is not to the rapid. It's not to the rapid. It, It also means that it is not to the person that is always expecting immediate results. When I sow today, I got to see it today or I'm going to give up. No, the race is not given to the rapid. No, Pastor, you know, but wait a minute. I've been tithing now for three mi- months and, and I still hadn't got a, a, a breakthrough. The race is not given to the rapid. Amen. You got to have a stick to itism. Amen. It's not given to the call. It's not given to the rabbit. In fact, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Most people who God's really using, he's going to let some things be delayed anyway to help you vet yourself. The word patience and endurance is in scripture for a reason. He is teaching us patience because you need to know, not him, but you need to know what you're made out of. Amen. You need to know at times what you can endure. And so when it doesn't feel like it's about the rain, understand that that doesn't mean that you're not in due season. When the elements don't look that way, Uh, I don't know if anybody here is from Florida, but one of the things I know about Florida, you go down there to Universal Studios or Disney World, whatever you like to visit, and I'm always fascinated, especially on a hot summer day in the park, how it can be gorgeous outside, warm, as hot, come on, look like Shanita, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's nice out there, and then all of a sudden, torrential downpours and you start saying, where did this come from? You were not able to detect it, you weren't able to discern it, but the skies opened up all of a sudden. What am I trying to say? When you don't get weary and well-doing and you stay in the park, you stay on the path with God, God's got a funny way of changing the climate in nanoseconds he's got a funny way of making you be here today and the bible says by this time tomorrow you've graduated today all i'm trying to say is you can be rags today and riches tomorrow in god you can be single today come on well on your way to marriage tomorrow in god do you have witnesses here you can be sick today but in due season well on your way or healed today And you cannot look at the elements. You can't get swift because the race is not given to the swift. And the devil knows he can put his second string out there and give you one or two problems, and that'll make you quit. Quit before time. He don't even got his starters on the field. A little discouragement. Man, that's a second string guard. Are y'all in here? Little anxiety. That's a third string forward. You ain't even seen a trial. the enemy send you a little bit of worry. Oh, that's a fifth-string sinner (laughs) out there blocking your shot. Come on. And you've got to learn how to not be driven by your emotions. I'm going to tell you how to discern due season. No worry, we're going to deal with that. But how to not be driven by what you see. We look not at the things that are seen for the things that are seen are Temporal. But the things that are not seen are what? Eternal. Well, if that's true, how come we have so many believers that are broke down in spirit, in soul, so discouraged about what's not happened yet, what they have not received yet? Instead of having some believers that understand the principle of the joy of the Lord is my strength and just because it's not in my hands doesn't mean I don't already have it. I'm not already there. I was preaching in this church before I ever preached in it. Now I'll get that later. In my practice, I was practicing before I ever had a building. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on. You've got to graduate in the spirit. You've got to graduate to a place where you understand the race is not given to the swift. And we don't even have to deal with the other part of this text, but it is powerful. Nor the battle to the strong, nor the bread to the smartest person, nor the riches to the man of understanding, the man with all degrees. I mean, you know, some blue collar millionaires out there. Hey, Amen. It's not given to the sharpest guy, uh, sharpest knife in the drawer, nor favor to men of skill. But watch this. Time and chance happens to them all. Yeah. Opportunity. Open doors. Happens to them all coming into your time, coming into your season. We're not going to go there today, but my favorite passage is Psalm one. It, uh, a tree brings forth fruit in its season. And I preached that so well on Thursday night and it amazes me even in ministry. How many men try to get something done, women too, in their own right instead of serving until it's their season to do that. Thank you for the three claps. Instead of just saying, God, I'm, co- I'm content, I'm committed to just do it this way. Lord, not just any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied, any way you use me. If I'm in my parking car season, I'm going to park cars with a smile, and I'm going to carry an air freshener in my back pocket and spray everybody's car. I'm, I mean, I'm going to do it with excellence. I'm going to park these cars darn good, and I'm going to make sure you don't get out on any ice because it's my season to park cars. I'm gonna love God parking these cars. If I'm single and I'm not in season uh, to get married yet, man, in my single season, I'm gonna do what the Bible says, and I'm gonna serve the Lord in church and do what our singles did: come and hang some wreaths up and make sure the lights are pretty and make sure the flowers don't have any dead leaves on it. And while I'm up here cutting leaves, I'm gonna say, "Pretty soon, honey, I'll be cutting these for my husband." But right now, I'm cutting them in God's house, and I. I'm satisfied because this is the season God has me. And see, a lot of people can't recognize their due season to be blessed at another level because they never master the seasons to serve. So you don't get trained on seasons. You don't get trained on turning points. Instead of just being yielded like David, I'm going to shovel sheep's mess and I'm just going to love God doing what I'm doing. I'm going to unlock the gates and I'm going to love God doing what I'm doing. And when God gets ready to anoint me, He knows how to find me. When God gets ready to use me, He knows who to cross over despite what they look like and come lay His hand on me because that's just the season I'm in. Hallelujah. And pastors would do their church a much better service. And I'm an apostolic figure, so I'm just going to say it. If they would download more of this information in people. You got born again yesterday and you're a world renowned prophet next week. Come on. Grow. Just get the word now. I don't prophesy to nobody. Recognize where you are. Just came out of sexual sin, but you got discernment. Well, you couldn't discern that you needed to pull your pants up three weeks ago. How much discernment do you think you have today? No, Lord created me a clean heart and renew a what kind of spirit? Right spirit, which means you can have a wrong spirit. I can be off. I can miss it because I'm not mastering where God has me now. The sons of Issachar. In fact, Paul is a greater example of this. Paul sat under the other apostles' study your Bible for two years. He didn't do anything. Jesus waited 30 years. Y'all hear that? Before he launched out into his ministry. He he was he was trained more years than he was used. That's a, for a leadership conference. I said he was trained more years than he was used. 30 years of training, his ministry was only three years. Abraham comes into his own right after 25 years after the promise. Are y'all getting this? You follow me? So we have to recognize that it's those seasons of weariness in the body of Christ has messed people up because they push folk forward who need to just kind of stay back and do what they're doing. Develop, go to cluster group, just develop and become and serve with gladness. And then when God is ready, I don't know who that was for, but maybe that's my pastoral moment for the day. He knows where to find you. I wrote this in my notes, maybe it'll bless you like it blessed me. A farmer who sows but does not stick around to harvest loses his crop. <laughs> a farmer who sows but does not stick around to harvest loses his crop. Now one of the critical pieces in recognizing due season, and we'll get to our points in a second, I'm still in the introduction, is to also understand that obedience, obedience is a critical element of harvesting. All right. So I have to ask my question, did I sow or did I do what God said do? Because I can get weary waiting on a harvest to come by which there is no seed in the ground by which harvest could produce. I'm waiting for a blessing. I'm waiting for favor. I'm waiting for a breakthrough. But there's no breakthrough material in my past to produce the breakthrough that I'm waiting on. Amen. This is good. That's what's so awesome about those two sweet young ladies who got their pre-approval after uh, last week's offering, which was so amazing. Y'all, obedience, substantial seed. What are you talking about? Single mom, single mom, single mom. Amen. Giving $3,000 without planning? Amen. Don't get quiet on me. Amen. Without planning? Without, without strategizing? Without What I need to move around, what I want. No, what she did is what I just said. She said, I'm going to obey God. God, I don't know what this means on tomorrow, but I'm going to obey you. I don't know what this is going to lead to, but I'm going to obey you. What did that widow do? She gave her last oil and her last cake. And the Bible teaches us that her supply did not run out. And I'm telling you, everybody can say amen to this, but it's not until you have the opportunity to do it that your amen actually means something. Obedience is an action word. God, I'm going to do what you say. And as I do what you say, I recognize that you will always come through on my behalf. I wrote this down. What is the ceiling of your obedience that will keep a lock and key on what God wants to do in your life? What is the ceiling of your obedience that'll keep a lock and key on what God wants to do in your life? You know, some people have the clause in their contract with God that I will go this far, but I'm not doing that. You know, God, yeah, I'll, you know, God, I'll serve, I'll do, I'll do this, but nah, God, I don't know about that money thing. Lord, you know what? Nah, I'll do that piece, but nah, God, I don't know about God. Give up my Monday mornings? I don't know about that. What, what's your ceiling? What's your ceiling uh, on the obedience clause with God? Where do you bottom out? Where do you get to a place where you say, Lord, this far and no further? Because I'm telling you, that's the entrapment. That's the snare. That's the place where the enemy could hinder a harvest that God really wanted you to have. God really wanted you to have that harvest. He really wanted to bless you. He really wanted to open the door, but you got to understand spiritual principles. Satan is an accuser of the brethren, and here's what he does all day long. Besides going to and fro in the earth realm, he goes before the Father and says, God, here are reasons why you cannot bless said person. You got to honor your word, God. And you cannot bless them because, quite frankly, when you told them to do thus and so, they didn't do it. I was there, God. (laughs) He's an accuser of the brother. I know we're getting deeper than than usual, y'all, but you better understand spiritual principles. Amen. Can God legitimately bless somebody that does not honor him with their life long term? He may bless them temporarily because the Bible says it's the goodness of the Lord that does what? Brings man to repentance. God may give them a grace or a mercy blessing. But I'm talking about long-standing hand of God on your life. Can God do that for a person that lacks fundamental obedience every time? He can't. Because his word can't return void. And he said in Deuteronomy 28, if you hearken how diligently, if you obey me constantly, then these blessings will come upon you and they'll do what? Overtake you. Pastor, does that leave any room for grace? Sure it does. That's what grace is there for. If you make a mistake, if you miss it, if you don't do. Yes, grace is there to give us another opportunity. How many are glad that we can get another opportunity? Amen. We have another opportunity to follow through with what God told us to do the last time. But here's the problem, y'all. Most people, even when they get that grace, they still argue with God. And as a result, God is never able to really implement in their life all that he wanted to do. Now, let me see the hands of everybody in here. Fundamental question that wants to get everything that God has for them. I want all. I don't want a little bit. Thank you for being honest. I don't want a little bit, y'all. I don't want a skin to skin the top. I don't want just a piece of it. I want everything that God's assigned for me. Yes, in blessings and favor, but in the things he's told me to do as a preacher, I want to do that, too. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good husband. I want all that God has laid aside for me. I'm moving fast because I want to get to this discernment piece. But in order for that to happen, we have got to have long-standing, consistent obedience on a frequent basis. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know, I used to play in local churches and I got real frustrated 20 years ago when we'd be playing shouting music for people who I knew God wasn't going to bless. You know, I said, well, are, is God really going to do that? Because I know she shacking. So is God going to do that? You know, is, is that really what the words because if that's what the word says, I'm confused. Because I can't find that scripture. Y'all don't get quiet on me. Come on. We going to the good stuff. But we got to clean out these valves that hinder people from legitimately being blessed. People from legitimately receiving from the Lord. If I'm going to reap in due season, something must first be in the ground. Something must first be in the ground in order for me to reap. Somebody say, I'm going to obey God. So the question becomes now, and I'll give you three points. How do we recognize due season? You ready for the good stuff? Go to 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14. How then, Pastor Gabe? That's good. So how then do we recognize due season? Because that's the key question. How many people in here, if you knew tomorrow you was going to get the big blessing you've been waiting for, how many of you would have no problem having joy today? I know you wouldn't. I look at my kids on Christmas Eve. Everybody knows what the 24th means. That means the 25th will be here in 12 hours. So when you know, I mean, you're not getting ready to be bad on the 24th. Oh, come on. You're not going to act up on, man, you so compliant. Mommy, you want me to eat an apple today? I don't need hot chocolate. Because you know I'm talking about my kids now. You know the 25th is tomorrow. Well, this message is important because if you ever got in a place where you could recognize due season, guess what? In those seasons where it may not be due season, you'd know how to conduct yourself. You'd know how to not get off track. Because you say, all right, all right, well, it's not due season now. It may be in February, but I tell you what, here in December, January period, I'm just going to stay with God. Nah, I ain't gonna start tripping now. Cause February coming. February coming, boy. I'm I'm gonna stay on track. I'm not gonna mess nothing up. I hope I'm blessing somebody. February is coming. Amen. Due season to be here in a minute. I liken it to a young lady and a young man that's gonna be getting married in a certain said month. Man, I mean you close now. You think you can do it without a few dates so you can stay holy? That devil, he started turning up the temperature. I mean, it's his last. Uh He don't got much time. Because in a minute, what you would be doing won't be sinful. It will be right. So he like, okay, let me give him some images Let me give her some images, let me whisper in her ear, let me get anything I can do to get them off track. Because he knows, and I'm not saying this to be hurtful, but he knows if he can infuse some sexual immorality, he can throw some stuff off. Amen. So how do we recognize um, due season? Are you over in 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Okay. I didn't tell you that, I meant to tell you that. First Corinthians chapter two, verse number nine. How do we recognize due season? You ready for the first point? It's the most important one of the day. It's where I'm going to spend most of my time because it is critical. How do you recognize due season? I don't care what anybody else tells you. This is the most important way to recognize your seasons in God. Are you ready? It is spiritually discerned. It is spiritually discerned. You could also put by the Holy Spirit. How do you recognize due season? By the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody answer that with me. How do you recognize due season? By the Holy Spirit. Come on, say it again. How do you recognize due season? By the Holy Spirit, which means we got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Which means we got to believe in the Holy Ghost, which means we got to listen to our inner witness that comes by the Holy Ghost. He placed an unction inside of us. That is done by the Holy Ghost. How do I know when it's due season? Y'all, before it's ever carnal, and we will get to the carnal world in a second, it is by the Spirit. Some things, most things, all things, we are going to have to learn how to discern by the Holy Ghost instead of what we see. You ready for this? How do you know who to help financially and who to not help? It can't just be based off of their story. Because everybody's giving you a sad story. Oh, man. No, our benevolence committee, they knows that by the Holy Ghost. No, you better be spirit led. You can get messed over when you're not spirit led. You got to discern, you got to know. And it's not just for a church. Those of you who help your family members, you got to have the Holy Ghost. I just wanted to be a blessing, and you gave him the $100 that he then went and bought marijuana with. Well, you weren't flowing in spirit because just because he told you he needed to pay a power bill doesn't mean that that's what he was going to do. How many know people still lie? <laughs> so how do you recognize seasons then? By the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's go to it. All right. First Corinthians chapter two, verse number nine. But as it is written, he's talking about spiritual wisdom. I don't have time to deal with it all. Let's deal with the most important part. But as it is written, I has what? That means your literal eye has not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the soul of a man, the heart of the man. The things, plural, seasons, opportunities, open doors, which God has prepared for those who do what church? Love God. Eyes haven't seen. You're not going to be at a discern season by what you see all the time. Ears haven't heard, that's your natural ear. You're not going to just, oh, I just hear it. No. You might hear it in your inner man, but your natural ear is not going to hear it. Because God chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. Eyes haven't seen, ears have not uh, heard, and it's not entered into your soul, into your heart. What well, God has prepared for those who do what? Love them. But here it is. What's the first way you, you discern Seasons. Look at verse number 10. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. <laughs> See, I'm taking this church to another place now. Carnality won't live here. You're not going to be able to be carnal. I mean, this church will just totally, you won't be able to get with us. Because the carnal world is, is futile. You got to be spiritual. No, really, look it again. Joe, God has revealed them. How do I know it's due season? God reveals it to me. I've stood up in this church time after time and said, it's harvest time. And as soon as we release that, boom, 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 boom. God revealed it by his spirit. Same time, I've stood up and rebuked witchcraft. How did you know the difference? It wasn't because people didn't look good or look like this or look like that. You knew that by, by the spirit. And that's where we're going, church. I'll just go ahead and tell you, next year is going to be the year of the Holy Spirit. We are just Holy Spirit. Holy. And then as Pastor Ronnie said, not only should you get the Holy Ghost, but then you got to use the Holy Ghost. Amen. What good is it to be filled with the Holy Ghost and did not use them? How many of you know the Holy Ghost will tell you what car to buy and what car not to buy? Right. Did you know that? You guys are going house shopping today. The Holy Ghost is going to tell you what to put on the table, what to offer. Amen. The Holy Ghost. I don't sense a peace right now with that offer. Well, don't sign it. Don't sign it. That's right. yeah. The Holy Ghost. That's so you better know you're talking to the right pastor. Man, what they wanted for this land when we were going to buy it. If I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I don't care what the attorney said. And I'm not talking about Sister Martin now. I'm talking about our real estate attorney. I don't care what they said. I don't care what the account said. I don't care what anybody said. What was God saying? You got to have the Holy Ghost. You'll pay double for something when you don't have the Holy Ghost. And we got the building, the land, and everything for less than half the price because it is spiritually designed. The Holy Ghost will tell you stuff like, wait a minute, don't sign that because guess what? These people want to get rid of that property. That's the Holy Ghost. Eyes haven't seen. Ears have not heard. Do you know you can buy land in the right side of town? by the Holy Ghost. I'm not going through all my assets but I'm telling you right now that building where our practice is in, oh my God, people skipped over that, didn't want nothing to do with it, all that kind of good stuff, that old dilapidated building, honey, when I tell you now, with the city of Charlotte marching its way, (laughs) zone commercial, they just cleared out all the acreage catty-corner to that property. Sure did. What do you think that's going to mean for the rest of us who were already up? Y'all, deal worth wasn't always deal worth. You better catch this. But see, if you got the Holy Ghost, not a real estate book, that's good. Not a good friend who's in investment, yep, seek, seek the counsel of good people. But if you get the Holy Ghost, you'll be driving, and every time you drive, you'll sense something. God will say, bye. God will say, move that way. How do you discern seasons? God reveals it to us by his spirit. Why? The spirit does what? Searches. Y'all, stay with me now. If you go to sleep on it, I'm telling you, you're not going to know due season. You're going to get weary. See, people who don't want to get spiritual, they stay weary because they go off of what they feel. But people who are spiritual know that their healing is right around the corner. People who are spiritual know that their new job is any minute now. No, when you get in due season, y'all, it ain't even a matter of if, it's just when. It's not maybe or hopefully. It's just like, okay, any minute, any second now, Linda, I'm going to get that phone call I've been waiting for. You know why? Because I'm in due season. And in due season, how many you know, if you don't call me on Monday at 8 a.m., I'm okay if the call comes Wednesday at 945. As long as it comes in this season, I knew the call was coming. All I need to do is sit myself down somewhere, honor God, love him with all my heart, and know that his promises are, amen, and begin to remain in the spirit remain in the spirit that's what'll help you not give up that's what made me throw pastor randy that text no mm -mm, no 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 we're gonna stay in the spirit Mm -mm. no let's go up in the holy ghost now amen we're gonna stick with god in this thing we're not gonna get weary and well-doing because we know we're in due season we got too many seeds on this (laughs) we're in due season how do i know big checks gonna keep coming dave too too much seed i mean i'm in due season for that That makes sense. It goes without saying. But it is first spiritually discerned. Somebody shout hallelujah. All right. And it says, look at verse number 11. What man knows the things of a man except the spirit which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. No one's going to know due season of when God's going to do something, Cassandra, except people who are walking by the Spirit. Amos says, I don't do anything lest I first reveal it to my sons, the prophets. They're spiritual. They can see. The sons of Issachar had a special gift in that they were able to discern the times, study them in scripture. They could discern the times and seasons. Do you know Israel won or lost battles based off of their timing? They went up to some battles too late. And then they went up to other battles, uh, uh, if you will, uh, on time, and as a result, got the victory. You got to be able to discern Discern seasons. Know what space you're in. You know, God can really be blessing your business, for example. You're doing really, really good. And then you can get over in the flesh and say, I believe we need to scale this thing and expand and put one on the other side of town. Well, you better get spiritual. Because if you expand too fast, you can go in bankruptcy. And just as fast as you made $3 million in the current placement, how many of you know just because you got a $3 million anointing on the west side don't mean you got one on the east side? Unless you're George Jefferson <laughs> moving on up to the east side. But outside of that, seasons and placement, God commands the blessing the Bible says there. I know I'm too deep today. No, there. Where, where am I going to bless you? There. In Chesapeake, Virginia? No. There. In Raleigh, North Carolina? No. There. And you got to be where he tells you to be, how he tells you to be, and the posture by which he tells you to be in to receive what God wants you to do. Man, what wants you to have. So many people will continuously, continuously go house shopping in this church, continuously get promoted in this church, continuously get married in this church. I'm excited about all those things because you are in the right place. You're in the right place to hear God. You're in the right place to know what God is saying. And you're in the right place to know when. All right, let me slow down. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Well, that's not bad news. Look at verse 12, dear. Verse 12 says, Now we have, Sekou, received not the spirit of the world or the spirit of carnality. We don't go off of what we feel. We don't go off of what we sense. Amen. But the spirit who is where, church? From God, y'all, this is it right here. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us. I love teaching. Freely, that you might know. Know by what? The Spirit. Know by the Spirit, Dave. I know by the Spirit what's freely given to me. You know, God says, go up now, go get it. How you know? By the Spirit when we were looking for a building, there were so many buildings open that we even qualified for. In fact, the building that we left was for sale. The Harvest Church. And I'm telling you right now, you had to be spiritual to know what to pursue. And I remember candidly saying, God, is this it? Is this what we should do? Is that what we should do? All right? Praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. Before we had a contract on any building. Praying in hope, getting with God. Lord, what are you saying? I remember coming out here, walking the land. My wife would tell you, taking my shoes off. Because he told Joshua, wherever, you <laughs> sole <will> your feet. <laughs> Amen. Broken glass, walking, walking the property. Amen. Yeah. Didn't get cut either. But just praying, just praying, seeking the Lord. And then through good counsel, in addition to seeking the Lord, Lord said, that's your building. All right, so now at least we know what to pursue. Well, you got to know that by the Spirit. Because I mean, you know, you can also buy something that God didn't tell you to buy and you will not be successful the way he wanted you to be. All right. How do I recognize due season? Just because the job comes through that offers me 15,000 more than another job that's given me a viable offer does not mean I take the one with the most money. Because these things are spiritually deserved. And you can take the one with less money because God knows that you're going to meet the right man in the month with less money. And that's going to lead to a drastic promotion that usurps the other job that had the most money. But if you are just carnal and go off of what you feel and the money and all those kinds of things, you can miss God. Y'all, this is not baby food this morning, but I got to help my little church. I got to take us up to another level. Everything in God is not going to be see feel and touch. You're going to have to Alright God what are you saying Father? God I pray in the Holy Ghost but then I pray for utterance. God give me the interpretation of what my next move shall be. Alright sweetheart God says it's okay buy it. They're spiritually discerned. You need spiritually discern who you partner with. Who you send your money to. Just because somebody's charismatic and have a nice hoop or are eloquent or have a French accent doesn't mean that's where you send your money. You got to be spiritual in everything you do. All right? I hope this blesses somebody. See, when you're not spiritual, you miss some things. Go to Luke uh, 19.43. I'm just going to take my time. Is that all right? Luke 19:43. You know, I teach like this because I love you, and I want you to know due season. I want you to shout about it, but I want you to know when it is. And this takes practice. It takes work. It takes a willingness to to do what we did yesterday. Take a whole Saturday pray in the Holy Ghost, listen to the Word, get with God. Ain't worry about no shopping malls. Ain't worry about that. That's all right. Nothing wrong with the shopping mall. In fact. Uh, right before I went to do my, my uh, chapel w- w- with the team last night, you know, I did go to the shopping mall for 30 minutes and, and, and uh, took care of uh, some Christmas themes for my sweet Stephanie. Amen. That's that's exciting. Amen. Uh, but and so there's nothing wrong with going to the shopping mall. But I'm talking about when it's time to go up before God, when it's time to get with God, you got to know that that's what's going to make your ears sensitive. To the voice of God. Come on. Luke 1943. If you're still with me, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. I appreciate you for that. For the days will come where your enemies will build an embarkment around you, surround you and close you in on every side. How many of you know that didn't have to happen? He's talking about Israel here. Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem. He's saying, because you didn't listen to me, because you didn't do this, because you didn't do that, the days are going to come where you're going to struggle like this. And how many you know I didn't have to struggle? Amen. I'm going to let you in on a secret. It was never God's will for us to not be able to meet the payment. It wasn't. It wasn't God's will for us to ever get a foreclosure notice. Never. I think in many of those cases, uh, recognizing seasons was so critical. You heard me say it in our little advertisement as we talked about real estate. We said, and if this is not your time, what if, what if you save the money and buy in the next season? Right? How many of you know if it's not my season, I'm not going? How many of you know I don't have nothing to prove just to have some people shouting for me, then I got to pay the note next week? <laughs> nothing to prove. Right. I know how to put my money in the bank and wait. Right. Amen. It's not my season. Well, the days are going to come when your enemies will build an embarkment around you and surround you and close you on every side. But why does that happen, Jesus? Why does that happen? Verse number 11, they'll level you and your children within you, the ground, and you will not leave <clears throat> in one stone upon another. But why, Jesus? Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Because you did not know how to discern season. You know, there's a lot of arguments, married couples, we wouldn't get in if we understood visitation, if we understood timing, if we understood the appropriate time to bring something up, and when it's just not a good time, not a good time. My wife is so spirit-filled, she walks by the Holy Ghost. Man, before I'm preaching, she doesn't come in there and tell me something that Lauren or Christian or Gabe did. She's so protective of that anointing. Amen. Amen. Married couples, you got to do that in your home. you got to discern. you got to know, all right, this is a good time for it. Brothers, how many of you know it's not good timing to bring it up at 630 at night? Amen. You're getting ready to miss your season (laughs) that night. You're going to miss your season. That season is going to run away real fast. That was bad timing. What was you thinking? Horrible timing. Amen. I'm just too honest. Terrible. You got something to get off your chest? That's what 8 a.m. is for. You do that at eight and nine o'clock in the morning. Give her 14 hours of recovery time, and then by 10:30 she'll be just fine. Amen. You didn't recognize these? Amen. I like to make you laugh a little bit, but on the real, as they would say, know your visitation. Know your seasons. How many people lag, and I'm gonna say it, don't join the right church. Why? Because they're not spiritual. You're waiting to see something else, but if you're spiritual, you would have already recognized God. You didn't recognize God, no. He said, No, 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 I know God. <laughs> I can sense, I know where God is. I know where I'm gonna be next week. Pastor, are you going to say that? Isn't that a conflict of interest? Absolutely not. I know where I'm going to be next Sunday. Mm-mm, I'm be sitting right here. Amen. Amen. Somebody come and tell you, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just not so sure about that, Pastor. You know, he always preaches about homosexuality. I mean, what is it? What is it? Uh, and if that's a man, by the way, saying it that way, you now know what it is. <laughs> what is it with him? What is it with this, this whole thing where he just always has to go there. Your next comment to them should simply be, well, you know, I've enjoyed sitting next to you. I'll miss you. It's been real. It's been nice seeing you every other Sunday. But I think I'm going to sit on down, and I'm going to go ahead and be blessed to the Lord. I think 85% of the people who tap in at this church mess around and end up getting blessed. That's what I've observed. Yeah. No, we recognize our visitation. And notice I said we. I said we recognize. See, I'm blessed because God is here. Because God. No, this is God. This is God's work. It's God's move. It's God's revival center. God knew what he was doing. He knew, he knew, he knew for white people just the same. He definitely knew for black people. He knew for Hispanics. He knew for our cultures, our generations. That our, our city would at this time, for such a time as this in 2017, it would need a legitimate church where things were just healthy and right and normal. Amen. And normal? normal? God knew that. Normal, no, no, no stuff. None of this, none of that. Just, just accurate. But in order to be in the right place, you got to be spiritual. I'm still on the first point because it is known and by discernment it's known by discernment you can't follow people home and figure out what their personal life is like you're gonna have to have discernment and it's a whole lot of people who paint their face every day and look blessed look like they just doing so good you know look like they're just flying high. I've had members like that. You just, just always, and, and, and I am praise none of you here now, but just always want to put the facade out. You don't have to do that. What's up? Fake it till you make it? No, don't fake it. Just make it. You know? just, just looking like things are well. No, if, if, if you need some help, if your marriage is hurting, if you need to get on track emotionally, that's what these resources are for. We are spiritually discerning what season we're in. So how do I know when it's my season for a new job, when it's my season for a new car? Somebody say, I got to be spiritual. Second way you know how to discern seasons, this is a good one. Now, this one you're going to enjoy. By faith. By faith. By faith. Now, really hear how I define this. Faith in Jesus can manufacture harvests. Now it gets good. Faith in Jesus can manufacture harvest. I think I want to take you to Matthew 9, 28 through 20. That's where I think I want to go. Let's go there. Matthew 9, 28. See, faith, people don't realize this. And of course, that is when you have seed in the ground. Because, see, you can't calculate when Stephanie and Jeanette, your $3,000 was going to come up. But it's, it was amazing to me how that large seed came up. Two days later. Well, somebody else can sow two, three thousand dollars and it can come up two months later. It can come up four months later. But there are some things you can do when you have seed in the ground that you can do by faith. Show of hands, how many people in here get more faith once you've sown? I do. When I put a seed in the ground, my faith goes up because I know automatically something's got to happen. My faith increases because I got something there. So my faith has to increase. Well, look, look, look at this. Look at this. Matthew 9, 28. Real quick. I got 18 minutes. And Jesus entered the house. And look at these blind men, these two guys. They came to him and said, and Jesus said to them, here it is. Do you believe, mom, that I can do this? Do you believe I'm able to do this? And they answered, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your what? according to your what faith Faith, be it what done unto you and their eyes were what when were their eyes open though but when right then (laughs) right then right then they received the harvest of their faith right then they received the harvest of their prayer of their belief that God could heal them right then No, they didn't get healed from blindness three weeks later. By faith, they moved God's timeline up. The woman with the issue of blood did it. By faith. By faith. By faith, you can create due season. Did you know that? Seriously. By faith. By faith. That's why you got to feed your faith. Now, this is good teaching, y'all. You got to feed your faith until it's bubbling over. You got to speak faith words. You got to listen to faith messages. You got to read faith passages. And you got to feed your spirit man and posture him so he is so in position to receive from the Lord. No, God, I believe I receive. When, though? Now. Now, later. I believe I receive. When, church? Now. What faith is the substance of things hoped for? What faith, church? Now, faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for, and what it is—the evidence of things when not seen. But I have to believe that. Go, go over. All right, go over to Mark uh, ten and thirty. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I got to move fast now. I got to move, move, move fast. Mark 10, I'll start at 29. You, you keep turning. I'm going to start reading. Uh, G- Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say it unto you, there is no one who has sown, no one who has left house, brothers or sisters, or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospel who shall not receive a what? Hundredfold return, but when? When, church? Now, now, in this time, what are they going to get? Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But when did they get it, church? Now, by faith. By faith, you can harvest. Somebody's going to harvest your job this week because you just got this revelation. Now, see, without revelation, this is just good teaching. But if you get the revelation of what I'm saying, you will take your faith to another place and you'll receive what has already been laid in store for you in heaven. Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be the God, our Father, who hath blessed us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's already done it. It's already finished. And some things is not because you're waiting on a due season. God is waiting for you to become due with your faith and say, Lord, I believe you. I trust you. And I'm postured to receive right now. So number one is spiritually deserved. Number two. It is by faith. But then number three is the easiest one. There is evidence in the natural. (laughs) Mark 4, 26. There's evidence in the natural, great and small. Me and Stephanie have seen this happen. I'm sure you have as well. But there's evidence. Man, if you even even after eyes have not seen, ears have not heard that is in the natural. You keep believing, staying with God by faith in a minute. Guess what's going to happen? Eyes are going to see. No, eyes going to see. Ears going to hear. All my naysayers have to say, no. No, he on TV. I see that. Ears hear it. That's not boastful. Psalm 112 said they would see. Said they would see. That's why you don't need to be wishing evil against people. Because if they're on the Lord's team, you're going to see. You're going to see. They stay with God. No, mm -mm. you're going to see. Amen. No, eyes can see this. Ears can hear it. Amen. Well, let's look at that in Scripture. In the natural. That's my last point. Then I want to give you a revelation of Amos if you can handle it. And we're going home. And he said the kingdom of God is as if a man should first do what, church? scatter seed where? So what's the first thing I got to do to expect the harvest? I got to do what? scatter seed. On the ground. Next verse, please. And he should sleep at night. Amen. Some of you need to start resting in God. Did you know you even go to sleep by faith? Who Jesus. He should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should first sprout. Well, it sprouts where you can't see it. Every seed you've sown has been sprouted in the ground. Shucks. <laughs> It's under the dirt sprouting right now. I can't stay in here. I got to grow. Get me out of this darkness. I got to give Pam some money back. Woo, Jesus. Starting to get excited now. Glory to God. Woo. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seeds sprout and grow, and he himself does not know how. Now notice it didn't say he didn't know what season. It said he didn't know how the seed does it. Well, you don't know how James and Amanda baby was formed. The Bible says that. That in a mother's womb, we don't know how that baby's sinews come together, but somehow, some way, supernaturally it does, and in most cases doesn't even share the blood with his mom. How in the world can you manufacture that? Everybody say God? God. I don't understand it. From a zygote to that. How? God. Well, we don't know how these seeds grow. But look at verse number 28. But we do know something about the seasons. Because in a minute, you're going to see. Amen. Verse 28. For the earth yields crops by itself. Ah, now I'm starting to see stuff. First the blade. Then the head. (laughs) Then the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he gets out the sickle, which was a metal knife tool, and he cuts it down because the harvest has come. Or we could say it this way, the harvest has happened. No, it really happened. You know, when you were believing for a husband, that's here. He talks? Oh, that's sweet, dear. She just said, looks good. That's nice. Tells jokes. Buys you stuff. He loves you. I'm not looking at nobody. He's just into you. Just love you with all his heart. I wrote my wife a poem yesterday and sent it to her. If I, somebody said they want to hear it, I'll read it at the end of the service. I don't, I don't mind. If you still got it, I'll read it to you. And um, wrote her a poem. And not only do I love her, but I love myself. Amen. And, and that's why I picked her, because she blesses me. And um, I love myself so much during vacation. Thanksgiving, I picked up her phone, and I sent a text to me from her. said, dear, I want to let you know you are the best thing that ever happened to me. My life has gone up in groves since I met you. I don't know where I would be. I appreciate you. I appreciate all that you do, all that you bring to the table of my life. I love you with all my heart. Love, Stephanie. And then I shot it to myself. Then I answered the text back to her phone. And I said, dear, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard from you. I want to thank you so much for loving me so much, and I too love you. Now, that's weird, but don't join another church. Stay with me. No, but what you've been believing for, it happens. No, it comes to pass. And when it's from God it's right, it's not Ishmael, it's an Isaac. It's what God sent. You don't have to labor to keep it. It'll love you back. I'm not just talking about husbands and wives. The good job, man, you'll enjoy it. How many people want to go to work and enjoy what they do, man? Work so good that the only thing you like more than work is church. Amen. I don't think anything you search church, but you can, you can enjoy, not love it, but you can enjoy that job. You'd be like, man, is it Monday yet? Stop singing Blue Mondays and hump days. Amen. And enjoy your job because the harvest will come, Seku. No, you'll see it. You'll wear it. You'll touch it. You'll feel it. It's here. This is real. This podium is actual. But first it's got to be a dream and a dream can be a seed. What you believe in God for? Now I want you to do something that is going to throw this whole message in a whole nother category. <laughs> Write this in your notes. When you perpetually obey God, perpetually, everybody say perpetually. You can move to a place where you stay in a perpetual season. A perpetual season of increase every day you're increasing when you do what perpetually obey God go over to Amos 9 and 13 you can get to a place to where you are always pastor Gabe is that biblical I'm gonna show it to you you are always reaping you're always receiving now you're always receiving because like a heart you're always giving You're always pumping blood out, always taking blood in, always receiving. When you perpetually obey God, which oftentimes looks like perpetually giving, you can come to a place to where you are always in season. No drought. Everybody say no drought. Y'all, I'm talking about no drought, no drought, which, by the way, Roz, God bless you on your testimony. Amen. New vehicle since last week. Hallelujah. It's so many. Amen. But you'll have no drought. No drought. Everybody say no drought. Always in due season. Always, always experiencing the favor of God in everything you do. You'll be given to so much. I mean, you start asking God, God, why? (laughs) Someone say, I'd like to feel that, Pastor. You can. I'm getting ready to show it to you in Scripture. If you perpetually obey God, I'm closing here six minutes or less. I really could have put this on his own message, but I want this on this tape for you. Listen to it. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with it. Did you get that revelation? The days will come that the plowman will overtake the reaper. The reaper is trying to reap harvest while seeds are yet going in the ground. and as a result, you by the time you get out of this harvest, the seeds that the plowman had put in the ground in the last season are coming up in this season. By the time you try to finish up with this harvest, the plowman's running over you, sowing more seed, and you're harvesting that, and you are in a perpetual due season of favor in your life because you constantly obeyed God and sowing and doing what He told you to do. Amen. Amen. Now, that's good news right there. That goes beyond recognizing due season, that goes into always being in season. So you can recognize due season, but how do you stay in season? You stay in season by constantly being in obedience to God. And God will bless you immensely. He will will turn your life, I'm a witness, upside down. When the Bible says you'll walk in houses you didn't build, glory to God. Vineyards you didn't plant. Well, if it's a vineyard you didn't plant, guess what, I got revelation for you. It's a vineyard somebody else planted that didn't wait around to get. I wasn't the first person to build this building. No, I wasn't. You're walking vineyards you didn't plant. You'll have things happening to you in your life that you could have never put together. Y'all, I got so much word I could share with you, but I'm going to stop because I know we're at the lid. But man, you have so much happening in your life in favor. You talk about due season, you'll have doors opening for you that don't make any sense. I got a call. Uh, These these folk uh, called and and, and asked me, would I be willing to take a position? This was a few months ago. Uh, Would would I be willing to take a position in Miami, Florida? They would move me down and uh, they would set me up and, all that kind of good stuff. Give me a great salary and uh, everything in between. And um, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because, you know, to me, I say, well, Lord, you have blessed me with a phenomenal establishment here in Charlotte and everything in between. Well, it's because it wasn't necessarily uh, a job or a role or a position that I was to take. But I do believe it was God demonstrating that I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have. No, you don't have room enough to receive. So I tell you what I did. I called one of my other colleagues who was a Ph.D. and I set them up for that position. Y'all going to catch this in a minute. Because you are blessed. You know, I can't take that role. I think the people at KCC would slip my neck, maybe. I don't know. So I, I don't think I need to take that role. But I got a good buddy. I got a good buddy that would love to have that position. Would you guys be interested in interviewing them? No, God will overflow you. And for the record, for real, y'all, I'm not moving to Florida. Amen. I'm good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, um... Yeah. I mean, even even if you didn't clap and say, Praise the Lord, Pastor, I still wasn't moving to Florida. <laughs> this is this is perfect for me. But yeah. <laughs> God will bless you. <laughs> Be on your wildest dreams. You can't package all that God wants to do in your life. So don't you dare quit. Put it back up there, Galatians 6 and 9. Because the plowman is going to overtake the reaper in your life. Come on. We're going home. Mountains are going to drop, drip with sweetness. And look at this thing. So as a result, don't grow weary while doing good. Don't give up. I mean, get all those crazy vernaculars even out of your mind. You know, I almost threw in the towel. Burn all your towels up. So you don't have one to throw in. I was at the end of my rope. Tie the rope around your arm. And get rope burned. So you don't have to hold on with your own strength. Get rid of all that stuff. Stop saying it. Stop pondering it. Who talks about quitting all the time? Hey Amen. That's right Shante quitters. Quitters. Amen. For in due season. You are going to do what? Read. If you faint now, how many people believe that? No, when God pinned that down in scripture, it was for you. The church of Galatia was getting discouraged because the Judaizers, and I'm not going into all that theology, you don't care about it anyway. But they were trying to get them to be legalistic, into the law, get circumcised, all this other stuff. But Jesus came and they didn't need to do all that. And so in, in context, you need to get out of your own efforts. Stop trying to make it happen by your own strengths. And just obey God by your own ability. And, and no more give up talk. You know, we're coming down to the 31st of December. I'm looking forward to the end of year revival. That's going to be lots of fun. But check it out, y'all. It's a lot of things God's going to make manifest between now and then. How many of you believe that? I believe that. But I told the prayer team something today, and I hope it blesses you like it blessed me. Y'all, whatever I have at the 31st that's not done in 2017... I'm going to wake up on the 1st. Should the Lord delay His coming and the rapture don't happen. I will be here on the 1st of January. And whatever he doesn't do on the 30th or the 29th or whatever else. I mean, there you go on Christmas all bottled up in the corner somewhere talking about something. The Lord ain't moved yet when you should be over there under a Christmas tree drinking some eggnog or something, enjoying the Lord but the devil got you all discouraged because you don't got a boyfriend to propose to you this year. All off-kiltered. I just don't don't know. I just... That extra stuff. Who's going to buy me gifts? You got a debit card? (laughs) Buy your own gifts. And then you're too old for that. 44 years old worried about all that amen go on down there buy yourself something praise the lord i, I ain't gonna take that from pastor gabe because he you know he harsh anyway but dear can you say it to the people maybe because so they'll hear it from you but i mean just go on buy your own gifts amen and then you know just be satisfied thank god you don't live in a country where you got to preach in caves people can't even say the name jesus And we get to wear three-piece suits and change our clothes every day and wash in clean water and worry about not having a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Amen. Get the joy of the Lord. But that job hadn't called me yet. Yet is the operative phrase, but I tell you what, they're going to call you if you don't get weary. You know, it's cut. the ball's going to roll your way. They're going to pass you the ball. Man, in a good game, even the guy who can't shoot gets the ball passed to him at some point. Everybody going to touch that rock. Now, LeBron might take most of the shots, but they're going to give that fourth guy a chance. you going to get the ball? Amen. Keep the joy of the Lord. Keep playing good defense. Let the Lord smile on you. You know, your husband's still mean and harsh towards you, won't come to church with you. Man, that wouldn't ruin my holidays. (laughs) Not at all. I'd be so kind to him if I were a woman. Oh, man, yeah, I'd be kind to him. Your wife won't do you right. She just, you know, always nagging you, all that kind of good stuff. Love your wife. Don't get weary. Do stuff opposite of what she's presenting with. Whew. That's hard to resist. Y'all, it's hard to have an attitude when the other person is being sweet to you. Yeah. That's difficult. That's difficult. The other person being kind and trying to tickle you and all that kind of stuff. Come on. Don't be weary and well-doing. Love them. You got a son that won't act right? Keep loving him daughter that's off her noggin keep loving her see what the lord does i'll tell you one thing is for certain when you're with god the other person will wear out before you do (laughs) that's what i think about every time i go down to the clinic and i see the other people on the other side of the street the abortion clinic i say y'all will wear out before me when we went down last time they said Brother Gabe, start us off with a song. You know, we was in front of the line. And I loved it. Because as we approached the clinic, I started singing, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. <laughs> you got to know that. you got to know your God will usurp every God of this world. And not just the God of abortion, but the God of discouragement. The God of the quitting Spirit, I want to open up the altar right now, and i 'm not going to hold you real long today. I think we can close church on on time unless the Lord does something else but um